0: on everybody welcome to today's podcast going to be a fun one boys and girls we are excited to be here happy 2023 Nate it is a new year I know there's a lot of exciting things uh, going on here going into 2023 so guys let's get right into it here's what's on the docket number one we're going to start this podcast out with the secret mindset we are using to dominate in 2023 you know, it's, it's one thing to always preach like, oh, we've got all the answers. Well, this is what we're doing. This is what we think is going to work. This is what's worked in the past. We'll talk about what hasn't to get off to a great start in 2023. So that's what we're going to start by sharing with you today. And then tell us about the money topic, Nate.
1: The money topic is one I'm super passionate about, actually. It's one of the most powerful ways to save money, specifically money on interest, which is going to be through balance transfers. So we're going to talk a little bit about that.
0: And that's awesome. And you have helped so many people, hundreds of people save, you know, hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of dollars by this one money concept. This is a powerful concept that no one's talking about. That you need to be thinking about, especially with uncertainty. I mean, we're seeing companies lay off. Amazon just cut eighteen thousand employees. Facebook, Google, everybody seems to. Apple. They all these big companies are cutting, anticipating slowdown and recession. And so, if you're a small business owner, entrepreneur, or someone who just wants to get your money right, and you're watching this, like that's what we're all about. How can you get your money right going into 2023? So, the money topic could be a good one. Then we've got our sports topic. Nate, how about that weekend? 179 points scored. The insane. I mean, the best ever, right? They're saying it's the
1: best weekend of bowl games that has happened in. NCAA history. I mean,
0: just amazing. I just sat there mesmerized in my theater room just watching it, not moving because those games were spectacular. We'll talk, of course, about uh, the crazy Bills-Bengals game and the unfortunate thing that happened to DeMar Hamlin, but we did get some good news on that front, so we'll talk a little bit about that. And then the hottest teams in the NFL, and I was just talking to one of our 49er fans, Dr. Colgan. And we're going to talk about the uh, hottest teams in the NFL because it's not always about who has the best record in the NFL going to the playoffs, but who's actually the hottest team. So we'll talk about that. And then uh, what's on the topic for our family section?
1: For family, we're going to talk a little bit about how adding streams of income will lead to your family's financing fa- finances improving and uh, combine that with smart budgeting just to have a better overall financial well-being.
0: That's going to be good uh, because a lot of times people think, oh, just save money, save money. But you only stretch the Eagles so far out of the quarter, as I always like to say. So then we got the uh, mastery. We'll talk a little bit about, uh, you know, your business plan. Of course, at the end of December, we had our big... Uh, free business plan workshop and had hundreds of people there uh, downloading our free business plan template. We're going to talk about why our 2023 business plan is different this year and we believe two times more likely to succeed just based on a few different tweaks we did to our business plan in 2023. So I'm excited to share that little nugget with you guys. And then our final section is the freedom section, Nate.
1: So with freedom, we're going to talk about what the difference is between financial security and independence versus financial freedom. So we'll talk Um, a little bit about that.
0: It's going to be good because a lot of people are like, wait, isn't it the same? Financial independence, financial freedom. But there are some very powerful differences there to keep in mind welcome to the go figure podcast created for parents and business owners who want to get their money right my name's leo cannell as a husband and father of five i've been fortunate to create two eight figure businesses in the fintech space this podcast will share the values principles strategies tools and tactics that have helped us to build a fintech empire and provide an epic life for our family Having been a parent and entrepreneur for 20 years, there's a lot I don't know. There's been a lot of failure. The good news is together, we'll find solutions to creating an epic life powered by a business that we love. All right. Well, let's jump right into it. Let's jump into the mindset uh, section here. So mindset is a, a big deal when you're going into a new year, and if you continue to think the same way you do you know, in 2023 that you did in 2022, you can probably expect the same results in 2023. So if you want a new result, a better result, if you want to take that next next step, get to the next level, then you've got to do something different. And the way you do it is by thinking different, by learning from those who are more successful, who are further along in the journey than you are. And so one of the big secret mindsets that I'm using to dominate in 2023. It's a combination of a few different things, but, you know, at the top of the list, like, you you need to have your 2023 business plan. You know, we serve entrepreneurs. This uh, channel is to help small business owners, entrepreneurs, side hustlers. Maybe you're trying to get that business going. Whatever the case is, like, you've got to have that business plan built out. Again, um, we're going to have in the notes here, you can go to our YouTube channel uh, and check out that business plan training. There's a free business plan template you want to click on and get that set up with. But one of the things that we're doing in 2023 is we're going to focus on, all right, here's where we want to be at the end of 2023 to get there. There are certain micro goals and tasks that I've got to do every single day to get to that end result in 2023. So I'm really looking at my calendar and mapping out our specifically today, I'm going to work on these three or four tasks that are going to take me closer to achieving where I want to be at the end of 2023. And then for a lot of us, that means we have to say no to some other things. Because in business, you're either proactively moving towards something. Or you're just reacting and putting fires out constantly and you're never going to grow. It's kind of the difference of being able to work on the business versus in the business every day. So that's that's something we're looking at. And then uh, in terms of 2023 focus, here's what we've got going on in a few simple words. Accountability. So an accountability mindset is super important. I feel like in 2022, that was something we could have done a better job of. Nate, when you think about accountability and how important that is in your mindset, like what does that mean to you and, and how has that helped you? Because you've really seen a lot of personal and business success over the last two, three years. And as you look back to where you were to where you're now, how important is factoring in a mindset of accountability to do that?
1: Oh, I, I think it's the most important. Uh, our our main thing we focused on is doing what we say we're going to do, right? And so a lot of that has to do with accountability. If you say you're going to do something, do it. And if you don't do it or if you mess up, that's all right. But take extreme ownership. I'm actually listening oh, to that book that right book. now. But take ownership of of what you don't do, right? And and being able to do that and, and keep yourself accountable, um, it is key to success and growth. Yeah,
0: you know, and that's a great book. You're talking about taking an extreme uh, ownership. Uh, funny, one of my friends who I had on the on our other podcast uh, last year, McKay, uh, he and his wife actually, he served in the military, did a couple tours, I believe, really awesome guy, and uh, build a real estate empire. And he talked about one of the biggest books that helped him was Taking Extreme Ownership. And I want to say, is that by Jocko? He one of the uh, two uh, Navy SEAL authors, but uh, what a badass that guy is. But a great book about assuming ownership of everything. It's no one else's fault. The results that you got in 2022, 100% up to you. Yes, there's outside factors. There's things that we can't control, but there's plenty that we can. And when you assume that ownership, and that's what he and his teams did, and these guys are in the middle of big military battles in Iraq, You know, life and death situations, and if you're not being extremely accountable, taking ownership, things can get out of control, and it's the exact same way in business. So great, great points there. The the next thing I'm focusing on is a mindset of scaling and growing. And if you're going to scale and grow your business, I look at it a couple different ways. Number one, what can you do to deliver a better experience to your clients? So that's something our team is is definitely focused on. We're we're focused on how can we give the client a better experience, help them achieve the results that they want and need. And then number two, how can we work and provide a better experience for our strategic partners? Wherever your leads are coming in, they're coming in maybe from some marketing channels. And one of the most effective way we, we built this business and built it to eight figures here in the last four years is strategic partnerships. 95% of our business is seven figures funding, and my figures comes in from strategic partnerships, working with business coaches, consultants, trainers, whose clients need access to capital. They need to get their money right to grow their business and move forward in their programs. And so it's how can we deliver a better experience there? So as you think about that, Nate, what are some of the factors that people should be thinking about as business owners to give their clients a better experience?
1: Well, a lot of that is going to be transparency and then also, in my opinion, technology, right? Being able to implement more technology to where uh, updates and transparency are at the client's fingertips really is going to be a game changer um, for us. And, yeah, I think implementing technology and and rolling out new things to uh, do speed to service. and Speed uh, is a big one, yeah.
0: So, that uh, technology is huge. And, and so, what we think about old school is just more phone calls, more touch points. But the touch points now with technology are you, I know you use uh, as you're teaching and, and, uh, and managing the funding department here at Seven Figures, you'll have like automated texts that will go out like in two days to remind the client to you know, follow up with XYZ lender or do this task or remind you know, one of your team members to do something. And so, if you don't have these automated text email features, and, and you and Ty have built these out to where when we update a stage or check a box in the CRM, like things are automatically happening and that leverage increases the client's experience without you having to necessarily get on the phone with them. Exactly. So huge. If you're not using automated processes systems and, and have a really dialed in CRM, that's something that's going to pay huge dividends for you with your business so, and give your client a better experience because there's more touch points, there's more care, and it keeps them going the, through the roadmap of success. Because if you built your business out, you know what that roadmap looks like, and helping your client go along that path is super important, depending on what your fulfillment system is like. Uh, next, recurring revenue is king. You know, there are so many businesses out there, and they're trying to increase value, they're trying to be more profitable. And one of the biggest factors, you know, in all the research and study of some of the biggest companies out there, the most successful is this ability to create recurring revenue. You know, you look at Amazon and people are constantly coming back. They're buying more and more things. But one of the big recurring revenue features they have is Prime, right? Amazon Prime is whatever it is, 100, 120 bucks a year, and I don't know how many tens of millions of people they have on that, but it's a recurring revenue business, right? You look at Netflix; it's a recurring revenue business. People are paying for it every single month. Even um, you know, phone companies, Verizon, AT and people are paying every single month. Access to internet—you're paying for it every single month. Everybody wants to get a subscription model in their business, and the sooner you can do that, the sooner you're more predictive, the sooner your profitability increases, and bigger than anything, the value of your business is much more valuable. One of the examples I was reading in this book, Nate, talked about a guy who had a car wash and people just came in. And when he had that car wash built on a subscription model, it increased the value by three times. How important is it, do you think, for businesses to create recurring revenue models in their business?
1: Well, I think that goes hand in hand for providing a better experience for the client, right? Because without a recurring monthly revenue model, um, you're always searching for the next new client. You're always searching for the next new deal. But if you can build something to where you can get a client, get a new deal, and keep them... and, and continue to pr- provide value to them, it, it does help significantly. I mean, you mentioned the car wash. I, I subscribe to a car wash every month. There You've you even go. seen, I mean, even Taco Bell has tried yes. a, a recurring monthly revenue model. So um, it definitely is um, something everyone's focusing on because it works.
0: It does, and it makes your business so much more valuable. And even a kind of a step further is if you give your client a better experience then that one client can become two or three because, by word of mouth, they share the good experience yeah. with people. They give you a shout-out online. Uh, I was showing our you know our funding CEO uh, team last night that testimonial from a client. You helped Connor, uh, awesome veteran who got a massive business line of credit, another $100,000, almost $300,000 $300, in total funding. And uh, just really cool to see a guy, but he gave such an amazing video testimonial like that. When you give a client that kind of experience and they can do a video testimonial and they shout out from the rooftops, wow, these guys really came in clutch for me. Then that one client could become two, three, five, ten, And that's a form also, I think, of recurring revenue because you provided, you know, a great client experience. Absolutely. All righty. So that said, we're going to be focusing on those things, but accountability, scaling and growing and recurring revenue are three focuses that we believe are going to help us achieve massive success, double our business and make it that much more valuable in 2023. So things that you can look to implement in your business and take it to the next level and uh, and then keep building on the core of what worked in 2023. One thing I don't want to make a mistake of is, oh, we've got all these focuses and then we kind of forget what actually helped us grow by 40, 50% last year, which was providing a great finance experience, building, you know, bringing on more partners. And so whatever it is that works for you and your business in 2022, keep doing those same things. Don't abandon those, keep doing those, but then add some of these additional you know, projects and recurring revenue streams and a different mindset to take you to that next level in 2023. Nate, any final thoughts on mindset as we move into the money section?
1: Well, I mean, just with the business plan, something super important. A lot of times, whether you're making a plan for your business for the year or you're making your goals personally for the year, don't overcomplicate things, right? Keep it simple. Um, and make sure that, I mean, for example, just yesterday I was sitting down with one of our funding advisors, Steve, oh. and we were making some goals, and, and the goal is to have a million dollars in sales for the year, right? And so we took that and we broke it down. Okay, that means there's 19,200 a month that has to happen. Well, how many clients do we have to have per month or for, per week, sorry, for that to happen? And so we really broke it down into really daily tasks. And so if you do that and you keep it simple you know, if you're completing your daily tasks, it ultimately is going to translate into to getting that year end goal. That's huge.
0: And, a, and an important mindset, you've got this big end of year goal that you want to hit, but break it down into micro goals. All right, I want to hit a million dollars a year in sales. That means I need to do $83,333 a month. And then you break that down into 52 weeks. And like you said, it's 19000 and some change. And that makes it doable, and now it's in, okay, well, I just need to have, you know, a couple clients every day or three clients every day that I help move forward in the process, and that puts the odds in my favor to achieve my end-year goal.
1: Yep. All
0: right, perfect. Next segment, let's go into the money, money, money. Jillian, did you want to sing that for us, money, money, money section? All right, so our money, money, money section, did you want to sing it? No. Okay, all right. Well, she's going to warm up singing voice for next time. So the money, money, money section is one of the most powerful ways to save money, the balance transfer. I know, Nate, you're passionate about this, but the bottom line is, I was doing the research and the average American, not even American family, but the average American, you know, has six, $7,000 in credit card debt, not counting medical debt or an unsecured loan or student loans that they're getting killed on. And so they've got these, what we'll call bad debts that are you know, making life difficult. And if you're in a household where you're, you know, you've got a married couple, husband, wife, et cetera, they might be, combined, it might be $15,000 in credit card debt. And the average credit card rate has really risen in 2022. And so if you're using, you know, financing, I guess the first thing we should probably do is, you know, Nate, how would you define good debt versus bad debt? Because well, there is a
1: difference. Yeah, there definitely is. So with starting with bad debt, right, bad debt is also, I would describe it as consumer debt, it's going to oh, yeah. be debt that really has no expectation of a greater return, right. And so those are the debts and that we see a lot of people and a ton of Americans just in a ton of credit card debt. And, and so uh, good debt would be debt that has a, an expectation and a calculated expectation of a greater return.
0: Absolutely. So when you take on, you know, debt, I love sharing the example of Kevin Plank, who started Under Armour. And this guy is a walk-on college football for the University of Maryland in the 90s. They're doing three-a-days in August. it's pretty hot and humid in uh, Maryland in August. And he's just sweating, dying with these cotton shirts, taking on like 5, 10 pounds of sweat and moisture and humidity in the air. And he's like, there's got to be something better. And so he basically takes out five credit cards for $40,000, not for personal reasons to be reckless and go on vacations and do dumb things with, but to invest in building out this apparel, this, this crazy material that is sweat resistant, doesn't hold in all the water. All of a sudden, Georgia Tech's football team you know makes an order. And then the NFL, and then the, the sky's the limit. Now of course, there's this little multi-billion dollar company called Under Armour that we all know and probably have used their products. It's number two in the world, you know, only second to Nike when it comes to apparel sales and so that's an example of somebody utilizing good debt we did the same thing to launch seven figures funding took out you know debt that we used to grow this business paid it off within a year with profits and that my friends is how uh, good debt and bad debt is measured, and so. But sometimes, okay, you're in the process of building your business, building some income. Maybe you have some existing personal credit card debt. Most families do. Most families might have fourteen to fifteen thousand dollars. There is a strategy to actually knock out and eliminate that debt and move it from a high interest rate to a zero percent interest rate. So, Nate, how does this work?
1: So first, let's explain a little bit on how credit cards work, right? So credit cards, let's say the average credit card is a 20% interest rate, right? And so with that annual APR, let's divide it into a monthly interest rate, 20 divided by 12,
0: 1.8,
1: right? And so if you owe $10,000 on a credit card, your minimum payment on average is credit card lenders... Only make you pay about two percent right yeah. of that balance so if you owe ten thousand dollars two percent minimum monthly payment that's uh what two hundred dollars two hundred dollars a month and a hundred and eighty dollars of that two hundred dollars is just covering the interest for that month alone wow. right and so you're paying two hundred dollars a month towards these credit cards but you're only lowering your principal by principal for about 20 bucks a month wow and so That's how the compounding uh, interest and and credit card companies can really get people by offering the minimum monthly payment. But really that's just covering the interest. for
0: So based on those numbers, and it's it's an example, probably pretty accurate for a lot of people. If you have $10,000 in card balances, you might be paying $2,000 a year in, in straight up interest. Like you're just flushing that money down the toilet basically.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and not only that, but at the end of the year you've, forked up 2400 bucks in monthly payments and you've only seen your credit card balance go down by about $400, right? Oh, and so that's you've seen recently when you make your credit card payment and it's the minimum payment, they actually give you a warning and they'll say if you continue to only make the minimum payment, it will take you 25 years to pay this <laughs> off <laughs> and it'll cost you $20,000 in interest. Yeah. And so yeah. they they do have to disclose that now but um, interest on credit cards is a killer. And so h- how the balance transfer can save you a ton of money is let's say you owe $10,000 on credit cards at 20% interest, and then you go get a credit card that s- offers, say, 18 months of no interest on balance transfers. You can get that new card, activate it, and instead of swiping it and using it, you can log into it and do a balance transfer. So that credit oh, card is going to send a check or a wire to your existing credit cards, paying them off, and now you owe $10,000 on a new 0% card. Yeah. You're still making a 2% minimum monthly payment if you'd like. But now 100% of that payment is paying down what you owe. And you're eliminating literally $180 a month in interest expenses.
0: Which ends up being over that 18-month 0% interest period, you literally saved $3,000 now, if you had twenty thousand dollars and did that strategy, you might save six thousand dollars in interest. And I know we've had clients come through our, you know, through our, our funding process here, and we've helped them save over ten thousand dollars as a family moving high-interest uh, credit cards over, sometimes as much as 15000 So this is what, we, what I like to call smart money tactics, right? Yeah. No one taught us this in school, in college. Jillian, are they teaching that to you in college these days? No. Oh, very unfortunate. They still haven't learned. But this is how you eliminate... <laughs> bad debt, and you understand that difference, and this is just a 0% balance transfer strategy. Now, the, the one uh, you know caveat to that I would add is you have to know what it takes to get approved for those 0% interest cards, and so if you don't know and you have a bunch of maxed out cards, there's a couple steps that you need to take uh, to make that happen, and a lot of that comes down to utilization, sometimes getting a loan to pay down cards, and so forth, but the balance transfer, what a huge weapon that is and one that we highly, highly recommend. All right, my friends, let's move over to the sports segment. Here we go, sports segment. So on, it was Saturday, right, Nate?
1: Saturday, yeah. It was
0: Saturday, the last day of 2022, December 31st, 2022. And we had the college football playoffs. We had... Uh, Game number one was TCU versus Michigan. Michigan, I believe, was favored to win that game.
1: Yeah, by seven and a half points. Seven and a half points.
0: And then we had Ohio State and defending champion Georgia in the second game. I believe Georgia was favored to win that game.
1: Yep. So there they
0: were, two games, and unbelievable games back and forth. Uh, a lot of points scored, very exciting. But what were some of your uh, takeaways, or what what were you surprised at uh, with uh, the first game? Let's talk about TCU and Michigan.
1: Well, with TCU and Michigan, I'm I'm a big uh, underdog fan, and so I am definitely when when TCU yeah. um, made it to the playoffs, I, I immediately became a TCU fan for these mm-hmm. playoffs, and so I was super excited to see them pull off a win against Michigan, but. Yeah, really, with that game, it it came down to just a few plays, right? A few plays, a few calls. There was a touchdown that was called back Mm -hmm. um, on the one yard line. Next play, they fumble it and turn it over to TCU. And so there there were just a few plays in that game that really decided the outcome. And and it was an incredible game to watch. Incredible game
0: to watch. There was that one long, what seemed like a touchdown pass, uh, Michigan threw to the receiver. And it looked like he kind of bobbled it and got possession of the end zone. But they said he was down on the half-yard line. And then, like you said, the next play, they fumbled and gave it away. But, but I mean, those things always happen, right? They happen, you know, you, you look at it in your business. Oh, we're there. We're ready to go. We're ready to close this deal. And you don't send the last email. You don't do the last follow-through. You don't, you know, put the last, uh, you know, bit of effort into close that deal, into taking care of the client, that extra phone call, text message, email right before the end of the day. And then you lose that business. And that's what I love about sports. Like there's so many ways that you can kind of compare and and say that sports is, is very similar to life, to success, and business. I mean, we're literally, we, we talk about these things. Oh, he dropped the ball. Like he starts running before he actually has the ball. All these days, he, he fumbled the ball at the one yard line. Like these are things that we say that are actual real-life examples that happen in football and then they translate directly into business. And and if you're an underdog out there and you're taking on a bigger, you know, team with more history and way more money, let's be honest, Michigan has way more money as a team to be able to pay their head coach and their stadium and all their training facilities than a TCU does. But look at that. TCU steps up as the underdog, makes it happen. They got off to a strong start, but then they were able to finish it uh, at the end, so very, very impressive win for them. And in that second game, we had Ohio State taking on Georgia, and kind of similar. Ohio State was definitely, I feel like, the underdog here, and I don't – I mean, they, they couldn't have played a much better game. C.J. Stroud was just on fire making yes, he was. one throw after another. But then I feel like when they lost Marvin Harrison, that was when they, they took a turn.
1: Yeah, and there, there was a point there in the second half where – I didn't think Georgia had enough time and they were, they weren't moving the ball fast enough to where I thought they could come back. And uh, they definitely did. And then towards the end, CJ Stroud uh, marches his team down for a field goal attempt, which we all saw the highlights there of how that ended. But um, yeah, Ohio state, I I feel like had it in the bag and then gave it up at the end.
0: Again, a lot of, a lot of life lessons in there of, of continue fighting Focus on the solutions. You didn't see any panic in Georgia. You didn't see any any uh, you know finger pointing. Oh, this is your fault. They just kept on working. And and how important do you think it was that they had that that young quarter that quarterback uh, Stetson Bennett for Georgia? Uh, what can you say about that guy? I mean, he's an undersized guy. Was not highly recruited. I think wasn't he like a junior college guy? And then he transferred. He was like a walk on. I mean. And talk about underdogs, but what a great leader he is. How important do you think his leadership was to them, make, you know, turning that game around?
1: Well, you, you heard the announcers during the game talking about this quarterback um, has been overlooked his entire career oh, yeah. um, as really no one's shown any confidence in him in, in playing and succeeding in the next level due to his size and um one thing they interviewed all the players about him and, and the one thing he does shine in is his leadership and you could see him on the sidelines you could see him in the huddle he definitely is a leader and i think that is one of the key contributors as to why uh, georgia did come back and and fought strong and managed the clock at the end and was, was able to pull off the win
0: yeah super impressive and a guy who's an underdog who prob- he outworks the competition he out-strategized them. He's doing more work in the film film room. He's always working on his game. I bet he's. I bet he works on everything seven days a week, and and that's somebody who wants to become an expert. If he doesn't make it to the next levels of player, he's going to be a great coach someday. Would be would be my guess, or a great business leader. Either or are possibilities for this kid, but great leadership. For them to come back and win that game i think they scored with what was it, like 40 seconds left and and ohio state had a chance boy what, what, what were you thinking at the end uh uh when that when the kid had the chance to make that field goal to win it
1: well they called the timeout right to ice yeah. him and so yeah. um I, I mean the way the way that ohio was playing i i had full confidence that he was going to make it game over but Uh, It wasn't even a a close miss. It was, was I don't know if he... he Like 20 yards left. Yeah, it was like a knuckleball that was way left, way short. And so I don't know if he he slipped or the pressure got to him. But um, definitely unfortunate for that kicker.
0: Yeah, no question. But maybe the the great, not maybe, for sure, the greatest college football playoff day ever. Now we'll see if the uh, championship this next Monday with... uh, with TCU versus Georgia if that uh, you know lives up to the billing like the semifinal games did. So awesome. All right, so Monday Night Football. So I was, you know, you and I are University of Utah fans. We watched watching the University of Utah playing the Rose Bowl second year in a row. My, my parents were there again. They, they, my, they I think uh, almost all my family went to the University of Utah, even though my wife loves BYU. And uh, so we were super excited for Utah to go to the Rose Bowl where, unfortunately, Second year in a row, their quarterback gets injured, you know, in the second half, and uh, they just kind of fell apart and lost to Penn State, you know, one of the biggest uh, names in college football over the years. Very unfortunate, but I was thinking, oh, well, at least I got this, uh, the Buffalo Bills-Cincinnati Bengals game. This is going to be awesome. And so we're sitting there watching that, and, and while we're watching that, the power goes off. In our neighborhood, Nate. Oh, okay. it So, the power goes off, and we're like, and and we're in Utah, right? And it's like it's like 15 degrees at night. It's pretty cold. We got a bunch of snow, and uh, so we're sitting there. But you know, we do have our iPad and our phone that has cellular service, and and so we're watching Monday Night Football, and then we see this crazy, um, you know, the uh, the player Demar Hamlin makes this tackle. It looks like a routine tackle. He gets up, and then he goes down. What were you thinking uh, when you saw that, Nate? Have you ever s- – I mean, you've been playing sports since you were a kid. You know, you've got friends that have played in the NFL in the league. Um, what were you thinking when you saw that?
1: Uh, you know, I was a little bit confused because it wasn't a huge hit, right? Yeah. It was. It looked like a routine tackle, maybe some uh, shoulder-to-the-chest contact, but it wasn't a, a huge hit to where – He would stand up and fall back down due to his head spinning or or the wind's knocked out of him, right? And so um, I was a little confused, but then seeing all the players both on on both sides of the ball, seeing their reactions and the panic in their face, um, yeah, it it was something that I had never seen before. I don't think anyone had.
0: It was really weird, and, and nobody seemed to know you know you got Joe Buck and Troy Aikman two of the greatest uh, announcers in in pro football and they are baffled and and eventually we find out well he's in cardiac arrest they had to bring a defibrillator out because his heart had stopped beating and so that was that was crazy his heart stopped beating i don't know that i've I mean, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm sure it's probably happened maybe in high school football or maybe in 2 days or 3 days back in the day where that happened and someone had a heart condition. But I don't think I've ever seen, you know, high school, college, NFL, or heard of somebody having a mm-hmm. cardiac arrest. I mean, basically his heart stopped beating, you know, mm-hmm. right there in the middle of the game, and they had to revive him. And it took him nine minutes to revive him. So the worry was... Well, And they were trying to give him oxygen and CPR. They had the, the little airbag out there. And so the worry is, you know, is there going to be brain damage? Is he going to be neurologically compromised because he's not getting the oxygen to his brain? And that's uh, that's what we were thinking and, and worried about. And I think, I think it was one of the interesting situations where all of America is literally rooting. And what did you think when you saw, you know, the team... Take a knee and pray for
1: him right then and there. What did did Oh, I I thought that was super powerful. And, I mean, there's been so many politics with the NFL with people kneeling, not kneeling, showing respect, not showing respect. So seeing um, the entire team and and even the opposing team kneel and pray uh, for DeMar Hamlin was was super powerful. And um, I I don't know what's true. People have said the NFL have said game goes on, right? Take five minutes, regroup, warm up. but. Um, I, I do like that both both teams were more worried about his health and uh, refused to play until they could figure out that he was okay.
0: yeah no and and then the, it looks like the news came out this morning that he is awake um, and it, and it's still early on they don't know for sure but it looks like he doesn't have any. Um, you know neurological damage to his brain for that nine minutes of maybe not getting as much much oxygen and so that is really encouraging and really good news and I I credit you know the teams the fans the nation for praying for this guy and all of those prayers clearly uh, worked because he very well could have passed away he could have had brain damage um, but really positive that he may be able to have a full, uh, recovery and so that is just that's awesome absolutely all right now let's talk about the hottest teams in the nfl what's always interesting about the nfl i mean think back to two years ago when uh, the bucks you know got into the playoffs they did not win their division new orleans won the division they were not a top seed they played all of their playoff games on the road right they started out they had to go to washington on the road they went to new orleans on the road and then they did the uh, the NFC Championship on the road in Green Bay. And then they came back to Tampa for the Super Bowl. So unbelievable. But I think that illustrates more than anything. Whoever gets hot at the end of the season can absolutely make a run. Nate, who is the hottest team in the NFL right now? And who are you seeing with the capability to make a run like that?
1: Well, first just a comment on Tampa Bay. I don't think anybody should should discount them for the playoffs it's even with their horrible season point. they've had. They're 8 and 8, right? Yeah. But um they're in. they they have a history of turning it on during the playoffs. But as far as hottest teams and and this may be biased cuz my wife is a huge 49ers fan. I'm a 49ers fan. They're on a 9 game winning streak. Um they're definitely hot going into the playoffs and Brock Purdy um, is How a third-string quarterback are you kidding me? on a five-game win streak. I, I thought he was striking luck because his first three games were at home. He had the crowd on his side, but, I mean, the last two games have been close. He's encountered uh, away crowds just screaming. He's had to do two-minute drills, and marching down the field with less than a minute to go, um, and he's been clutch. And so the the 49ers definitely are on a hot streak, and I think – uh, they'll be a contender in the playoffs.
0: You know, one of our friends, one of our funny CEOs, shout out to Dr. Chris Colgan out there. I was just chatting with him um, on uh, on a Zoom call about an hour before the before, before we started the podcast. He's obviously a Bay Area guy, a big 49ers fan, you know, born and, and grew up there, raised there. In fact, he lived actually down the street from Tommy, from Tom Brady. Uh, knew Tom, knew uh, Tom's sisters, went to school with them. And uh, just kind of really awesome people, the Bradys are. But so he's a huge San Francisco 49er fan and just amazing. They they are the hottest team right now, nine wins in a row. And with that defense, with Kyle Shanahan, I mean, what can you say about this guy? So they started the year out and, geez, I, I can't even remember. Who, who was the quarterback that was their initial starter?
1: Before Garoppolo? Yeah. I don't, I don't even remember.
0: I, I can't even either. But he's he was their top uh, draft pick guy, and he was slotted to be the starter. He gets injured. Uh, Jimmy G. Garoppolo comes in, and Ty and I have talked about this. We feel like that was something that uh, that they did uh, purposely. They didn't trade him. They were supposed to. like, ah, we better hold on to this guy. Jimmy G. came out and played, I thought, pretty well. Then he goes down with the season-ending knee injury, and now you've got is Purdy, who was the lowest draft pick. He was Mr. realm the last draft pick of the draft. And this kid has just played... He, you know who, who he reminds me of? Tom Brady. Coming out of nowhere, late draft pick, and just playing incredible football. So, 49ers on fire. Next hottest team, Cincinnati. Seven wins in a row. And, I mean, you never know how these games would have turned out. We don't know. It looks like the Bengals' bills will not be playing that game. So... That probably means Kansas City is going to be the number one seed. But uh, I feel like uh, Joe Burrow in Cincinnati was looking really good in that game. And uh, seven wins in a row. I feel like they might have won that game. They're hot. Uh, If you were going to guess, I mean, those are the two hottest teams in the NFL right now. Next, you've got Buffalo. Buffalo, six wins. They're still really hot. And then you've got Kansas, the Chargers, Jacksonville, and Green Bay, all with four wins in a row, all pretty hot themselves. So... Be interesting to see if you were going to have to go out on a limb. Who would you project? Who would you predict is going to represent the NFC and AFC in the Super Bowl in February?
1: Um, that's a hard one. I, I think NFC, it's going to be 49ers or Eagles. Yep. Right. And then AFC, I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to say Chiefs or, or Bengals just because you. But if you, you had can't. to
0: pick one of each, who would you pick?
1: I'd go Chiefs.
0: Go Chiefs. I would go I would go Bengals and 49ers. Joe Burrow has beat Kansas City and Patty Mahomes three times in a row, which is crazy. All right, guys. Let's transition into the family section. Of course, you know, in 2023, you want to get your money right, you want to get your business right, and you want to... Help your family, you know, live an epic life, and especially your children and, and support your, your husband, wife, spouse, and everything that they're doing. I know you guys have big things going on here. You guys are having baby number three here yep. in just uh, the next month. How is Haley doing?
1: She's done great her whole pregnancy, yep. and she's finally to the point where she's uncomfortable. We're, we're ready for the baby to okay. come. Okay, so.
0: you're in the, the fourth quarter here the last yep. few weeks, so... That's uh, going to be exciting. That's what's on you know, your base. So here's a topic we want to go over for families. Um, adding streams of income will lead to your family's finances improving combined with, of course, you know, responsible, smart uh, budgeting, et cetera, et cetera. But there's a, there's a lot of talk. And you always, if you go to Google right now and you talk about family finances and getting your money right as a family, it's always about budgeting. It's always about budgeting. And sure, there are irresponsible people out there and they go and they put a vacation on a credit card and and they, they buy the expensive car that they, they could have bought one for half as much. And, you know, you know they, they, they go to school forever and end up with $200,000 in student loans. There's all these things that do happen. But for the most part, I think most people are not overly irresponsible and they do try to budget and they try to be responsible. And at the end of the day, there's only so many coupons. And, and this is what, what's interesting. And, and I'll, use, uh, I'll use my mother-in-law as an example here. My mother-in-law is super responsible with money and she's taught her kids to be super responsible. And she uses coupons for everything and she budgets everything. But at the end of the day, to get ahead, to really live the life that you want, to create wealth, you're never going to save your way to wealth. Just not going to happen. The only way you can really create wealth is to make a lot more, not a little, but a lot more than what you spend and take that money and invest it and grow it. Like that's it. And the the society says, oh, save your money up, put it in the 401k in the stock market and you can make, you know, maybe 7, 8% annual returns and occasionally it's negative 20 to 30% like it is this year for a lot of people. And ultimately, then there's fees associated with that. And so if, let's say it's 9%, you know, the Rule 72 says it's going to take eight years to double that money. Eight years. But you know, if there's other investments out there, real estate investments like the ones we're involved with, where you're making 25 to 30% on your money and you're doubling your money every three years. But ultimately, to get there, you've got to increase your income. So for families to increase their income in 2023, you know, and and if you're a business owner, you kind of have an idea of what you need to do to increase your income. But Nate, what, what do you think families can do to actually increase their income? And why do you think budgeting alone is not going to get them there?
1: Well, yeah, like you said, you can't save your way to wealth, right? I always use the example, you're at the grocery store. And you're buying green beans, right? And you see, you see the popular brand. It's a dollar twenty nine a can. But then there's the great value va- brand that's eighty nine cents a can, right? And you can go with that cheaper can of beans a- and do that with your groceries your entire life, and it's not going to make you more wealthy, right? And so y- you do want to be smart with your money. You want to budget, but uh, like you said, Leo, I mean, having additional streams of income. Um, Personally, for me, my additional stream of income the last few years has been through uh, different real estate investments. um, Definitely is the quickest, easiest way to, to build more passive income.
0: No question about it. And so I guess basically what I'd say is if you don't have a side hustle, if you're not putting in some extra time to do that, then it's going to be tough. It's going to be damn near impossible for you to get ahead, for your family to get ahead, for you to be able to create abundance. If you have dreams of being able to take your family, um, you know, to, to paradise, to, to Mexico, to the Caribbean, to Disney World, you know, awesome things that we were fortunate to be able to do last year with our families, then you've got to be able to increase your income. And that's done through a side hustle. Uh, understand that a lot of people, you know, you have a job and there's a ceiling, there's only so much money you can make, or maybe you're fortunate to have a job where there are commission opportunities within your business, within your job, and you can talk to management, you can talk with to people in your company and find different ways that you can earn commissions. That's the first place I would start. The second place is if you're a business owner with your service, do you have an upsell? there's two ways to make more money in business, Nate. You can bring in more clients, which is going to take a lot more time and effort and expense. Or as uh, Jay Abraham, one of the great business coaches out there says, you can provide additional product services and solutions to your existing clients that you already have. And that's a big way that you can increase your income as well. So think about what's the logical next solution that you can provide to your client, and once your client likes, knows, and trusts you, that upsell is an easier sale than the initial sale to the client, and it doesn't cost you anything because you already have that client. Um, that's something that we're going to be focused on: is helping our clients who are business owners. We get them funding, we get them financing. Let's get them into My Figures app and help them manage their money, uh, manage their profit and loss, their cash flow, get the right mindset. Uh, we're going to be helping them with CRM and, and marketing and different systems. And like you said, technology, it's the processes and systems that are going to help them. Um, that's going to be a big, big focus uh, for us. So think about that in your business. What's the next product or service you can pr- provide that's an easy upsell solution that's, that's, um, you know, part of your core competency. Obviously, if you're in, you know, if you have a salon business You're not going to come out there and say, oh, you're at the salon business. Hey, by the way, we do taxes, too. Like, that's not congruent, right? Like, that doesn't make sense. But if you're in the beauty salon business and you provide, you know, beauty services and and with people's hair and you want to add something with with nails or with eyebrows or, I mean, help me out here, Jillian, Like, like something that makes sense that's congruent to your industry, that's what you want to do.
1: Yeah and another thing is find a find a problem that doesn't have a solution right wow. I mean just a quick story I I was with an unexpected group uh of individuals for New Year's Eve we were invited to a close family member's house we thought we were going to be with their kids and grandkids just hanging out turns out we were uh with a a bunch a group of people very successful I think I was the only one there that wasn't a multimillionaire um that were all 20 or 30 years older than me. And so it was a pretty cool experience just to sit there and we watched the games and everything, but to sit there and listen to them talk. Right. And so there's this guy that's worth a hundred million, a guy that's worth 25 million. And they're sitting talking about an issue of these big batteries and there's no way to dispose of them or recycle them and, and how much it takes. And so they're, they're talking about this issue and they're literally making a business plan right there new year's eve on what they can do to maybe find a solution to that problem and that's the next big thing and so um it doesn't have to be that big right but always seeing in your mind you know what that's inconvenient or this is an issue that a lot of people have that there really isn't a good solution for and and that's where you can get the ideas going and and start a side hustle and, and make money solving people's problems
0: that's huge just pay attention Identify that problem and then create a solution for it. That's the way the best businesses and solutions are made. Great advice. And the other, uh, you know, value add that Nate just dropped there, hang around successful people. Hang around people that are worth $25, $100 million and learn from them. That's the quickest way to do it. If you're around people who already have a roadmap to success, do what they're doing, learn from them. That is a great way to do it. Nice, nice work, Nate, sharing that. All right, guys, our next section here is the mastery section. So, of course, a lot of you, hundreds of you attended the uh, uh, the business workshop training that we had and we posted in the YouTube channel where hundreds more have viewed that. I'm sure it'll be up to a 1,000 uh, pretty quick. But uh, we wanted to talk about, you know, your business plan in 2023 and, and some of the things. Obviously, you know, we want to share what's worked for us, what hasn't worked for us. But I, I really want to talk about why... Our 2023 business plan is different this year, and I believe a lot more likely to succeed maybe than years past. For me, Nate, I've always looked at business plans of it's all about the logic and the steps and the things that we want to do. And if we do X, Y, Z, we can accomplish this. And it's very logical. It's very, Mm -hmm. you know, step one, do this. We want to have this many users, you know, in my figures. We want to get funding for this many uh, business owners. We need this many business partners and it's very logical and it's numbers and at the end of the day it honestly can be even a little bit boring if your business plan and your business plan has to have those things but if it's just logical steps and things you want to do and numbers on a paper that doesn't always excite but what does and as I was going as you and I were going through uh that uh mastermind business plan training with patrick bet david uh, that we did uh, just before christmas before we trained everybody else on he really made a point of saying guys guys and gals out there to go to next level um, you know logic and the steps you take to grow your business that's kind of linear growth you know you need to do it but if you want to really see exponential growth have some emotional drivers in there and so some of the emotional drivers that you could have might be, you know, taking your family on that vacation that you're only going to take them on because you hit XYZ number or XYZ profits in your business that you never hit before. Or maybe it's an experience of, you know what, I want to watch Tom Brady play before he retires, which was one that, that we had. And so we uh, we, uh, we took our wives and, and went to uh, Dallas Stadium uh, in Dallas there and watched the Cowboys and, and the Bucks play in week one. That was awesome to see Tom Brady. And so what experience or emotional driver can you put down? Maybe, maybe it is just where you have enough money coming in to be able to quit your job and go full time with your business. Or maybe it's, you know, you're going to do some home improvement or you're going to get that new home you've always wanted to. You're going to get whatever it is. There's an emotional driver there. I know you've, you've kind of, uh, you know, you and, and Haley have done this. Nate, what are, Examples of maybe emotional drivers that you feel have kind of helped you guys uh, to succeed and grow.
1: Well, uh, just recently with the new year, we've started working on our vision boards, right? And so our big thing is we have different uh, a lifestyle and hobbies, specifically horses. And if, if any of you have owned a horse, you know um, it, how freaking expensive it is and, and how much money those things take up. So um, our, our goal ultimately is to be on land, with our horses, to have a lot of horses. And so the the lifestyle we want to live and want to provide our kids is our emotional driver, right? Because, I mean, money can only motivate you so far, right? After that, just having a, a number goal, I want to make X amount, and that's not uh, going to keep you motivated long term. And so having, defining where you want to be in 5, 10, 15 years, and then breaking it down into annual milestones that, that you can reach to... To achieve those goals.
0: Yeah, that's huge. And just defining, like intentionally defining this is where we want to be. This is what we want to do. Most people don't do that. 90% of people just kind of live their life. They're just trying to put one fire out after the next, just trying to pay the bills, just trying to stay ahead of things enough. And then emergencies happen and inconveniences happen and they never quite get on track because they haven't proactively, intentionally defined and written down or had a vision board. Like put together that vision board of what you want to do. What is your lifestyle? If it's Nate and Haley or rodeo stars, they, they love horses. They love being out. They want to have multiple acres. And so that's kind of the what they're focused on. What is your why? What's the big thing that's driving you? Maybe you want to be able to take your family on awesome vacations every year to... For me, I love taking my kids to Playa del Carmen, New Mexico, and I love taking them to Disney World and and the beach and and hanging out there. I love taking them to, to football games, things like that. What are the things that you love to do that you want to do? Put those down, and then when you hit your numbers, go and do those things. That's what everyone's going to remember at the end of the day, the experiences that you provide your kids and that type of life. And then what is the lifestyle like, right? Like what is your big dream? If you never define it, you're never going to go towards it. And so that's obviously very, very important. Another thing that's important with your business plan that's an emotional drive, it's kind of having like a big, hairy, audacious goal, like a big defined mission of, you know, we want to be the number one player in our profession industry, or we want to make a positive impact with our business with you know 10,000 clients or 100,000 clients or we want to create jobs because we we help businesses with marketing or we want to you know help people feel better about themselves in the health industry and and uh, live a, a more fit more healthy lifestyle and whatever it is you, that you are in you know have a big mission that drives you for us here you know seven figures funding you what the my figures app we want to you know have a really big impact on small business owners and entrepreneurs, providing them with great funding and education and tools so they have the confidence and the strategies to create their dream business, their dream life. That's our big, big mission. And we want to impact a million business owners with that dream over the next five years. That's our big, hairy, audacious goal. That's one that we've got to communicate with our team. And so as you have these big goals and missions, Now you've got to get the rest of your team on board with that mission as well. And so, Nate, how important is it, do you think, for the business owner to have that kind of that stated mission?
1: I think it's extremely important because if you don't as an owner, it's hard to get your team to do it right. and It's hard to keep them motivated. So you have to be the the front car in the train and you got to be driving and, and have that statement and, and provide the clear path so that everyone can hop on board and help you get there yeah
0: and if you're mission driven and what you're doing actually matters and and pe- people are not going to just go through the motions because they actually know they've got a bigger mission and a bigger impact out there so that's that's something, and a lot of the, the studies and research show, to millennials' credit, that that's something that they care about. They don't want to just have a job. They want to do something that matters and and leaves the world a better place, and there's nothing, that's a positive thing. You as a business owner need to be able to provide that opportunity so your team can get on board with that. Now, one of the most interesting things that we added to our business plan this year that I never had really done previously, and again, this was something we learned from Patrick Pet David, is the importance of defining who your enemies are, and those enemies can really drive you forward. I know, for example, you know, when we started this business and we were all working from home for a time... You know, some of our enemies were our previous uh, partners and people we worked with who didn't share our values and principles. And we defined that. That drove us. That drove us. And then once you get past that and you're, you know, two or three times uh, bigger than, than your enemies, then you have new enemies. And you think back to grade school, the people who, who you know, were naysayers or family. or uh, and, and honestly, a lot of the, sometimes the enemies that do drive us are friends, or previous friends and family. Who were always talking negatively about us behind our back, who always doubted us, and and so forth. And so I've literally got a list of enemies that I'm writing down that I'm defining, previous people in previous neighborhoods that I lived with, who, you know, would, you know were naysayers about the things you were doing, and I and I write those down. People within our industry who, you know, don't show you the respect you think that you've earned, I'll write them down. And when you're tired and you're feeling lazy, like not making that next call, look at that list of enemies and it will drive me. And I feel like that's something new that I'm doing this year, but it's something in the back of my head that really did drive me at various times. How important do you think? And, and what is this concept of enemies? What do you think that can do for, for somebody?
1: Well, de- defining enemies or your competition, uh, especially ones that are maybe ranked higher than you, right? I mean, you can also learn from them right? What are are they doing that's got them to the point they're at? And and what are they not doing that's going to allow you to surpass them? So um, defining your your competition, seeing, learning from what they do right or what they do wrong is, is key in growing.
0: And on top of that, I'd say, you know, you get a hater, you get a client who's just crazy, everything you do, you can't make them happy. But in their complaints, there is a lesson to be learned and there is something truthful that is something you need to do and implement in your business to make improvements. Sometimes I know uh, you know a couple years ago we were oh we need uh, these reports that you're sending us to our to our partners who are sending their clients not good enough and people were complaining we were constantly putting out fires and we listen we're like, you know we, we've got to build a software system. we've got to build a partner portal out. We built that out. That was a big solution. And So you listen, you listen to your clients' complaints. Oh, wow, I'm I'm grateful you got me, you know, five loans or credit cards or lines of credit to build my business. How am I going to manage all these? And so you you listen to the complaints and the issues that come up and these people, some of them might be, you know, a little crazy, almost impossible to please, but there's a solution in the complaint, in the hating that you need to listen to and implement in your business if you do good things are going to happen. All right, guys, our last segment here, it's the freedom segment. Again, the Go Figure podcast show. We're all about how can you achieve financial freedom, and you know, I thought we actually should go a little bit deeper because there are kind of two different things out there when it comes to financial freedom and financial independence, and there literally is a difference, and there's a video out there on this, and so we thought we would kind of tackle this topic. What is the difference between financial independence and financial freedom and in the definition that we were watching and learning from and i like this definition it's financial dependence is when you're kind of independent free like you could stop working and you have money coming in that would cover the bills because you have passive income you know from real estate or uh, a recurring revenue business that's bringing in money and you wake up you know, at the, the beginning of the month and you know you've got money coming in or you've really built a business where, you know, you don't have to work 100 hours a week anymore and you've got a great team that does does work and you've got some independence there where you don't have to worry about paying your bills anymore. The bills are covered um, and that that is kind of the terminology where you have financial independence you know, you can go to the grocery store. You don't have the calculator out. Oh, am I going to bounce a check? Is this going to go through. Like you have enough money and the money's coming in and you've built, you know, kind of a foundation. That's financial dependence, but it's not financial freedom. Financial freedom is you're literally free. You know what? Um, we're going on vacation next week. You know what? Um, I really like that boat. I'm just going to buy it. Or you know what? I really... I've always wanted to take my family on an 80 days around the world vacation, so we're going to do that this year. That type of freedom to do what you want, when you want, with who you want is a different level than financial independence. And so the first step, of course, is to get that independence, that security. And Nate, and what have been some keys, uh, milestones to help you guys get to where you feel financially independent? And then what do you think it's going to take to become financially free?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Actually, I I learned a lot watching this video um, because you hear it all the time, right? People talk about, I want financial security or I want financial independence or I want financial freedom, but there hasn't really been a clear definition of what those differences are. And so um, with financial security, which is kind of a step below financial independence, that's just knowing that what you're making, whether it's a nine to five or your business is covering the necessities, right? Right. For financial independence, it's a little bit past that. Where if you're financially independent, you could walk away from your nine to five, and you have created enough uh, income coming in to where it could replace what you're making there. And so, um, a few steps, and we mentioned this before that that my family has been able to take um, to to gain um, a degree of financial independence is going to be through real estate investing. And so. Um, we fortunately are, have a great position, great job, great business that helps with financial security. But the finance or the real estate investing is where we have seen there be a little bit more independence to where it is creating a passive income where you're not just constantly trading your hours of the day for dollars. And, and there's a cap there. Um, your money is working for you and, and giving you more of a passive stream of income.
0: And that's what Warren Buffett says, right? If if you don't learn to make money while you sleep, you will always work really hard for your money. And that's what you want to do. Money is a game. And the way to master it is with cash flow from a business or from real estate. And those, I believe, are the two best investments that you can make. Well, my friends, that uh, brings us to the end of today's episode. If you liked it, subscribe to the channel. Give us thumbs up. You know, ask questions, comment in the chat box. We will answer those questions uh, for you during the episode or in the next episode. And if you have different ideas on different topics, news stories, share those with us. You can email those to info at sevenfigures.com. And we will, you know, discuss those in the next episode. Generally, these are going to be Tuesdays and Thursdays from Uh, two o'clock to three o'clock Eastern Standard Time throughout 2023. And also, if you liked and got value out of this, if it made you think, if it gave you ideas to improve your business, to improve your uh, financial situation, to get your money right, to, uh, you know, if you just enjoyed the sports segment, share it with friends, family, and especially, you know, with other business owners who are looking to be part of a community and learn and grow together. We don't have all the answers, but we'll share the ones that we've learned and the ones that we continue to learn and the mistakes. We'll share those as well. And together we can make 2023 a great year. If you haven't seen the business planning workshop, uh, it's right there in the seven figures funding playlist in this YouTube channel. Click on that. The business plan template free download is right there in the notes section of that. And that, my friends, is what we've got uh, going on for you today. Nate, what's the final word?
1: Don't worry about what you can't control.
0: Thank you for joining us on the Go Figure Podcast. If you learned something that will help your business or family, take 30 seconds and give us a five-star. If we added value to your day, then share the show with someone who wants to get their money right and be sure to subscribe to the 7 Figures Funding YouTube channel. If you're a business owner and a parent committed to getting your money right for your family, then check out the MyFigures.com money app with a free 30-day trial to manage your money, track your debt worth, and build a profit-first business through our fintech platform. God bless, and we'll see you next time on the Go Figure Podcast.